What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Clack Box. Here I am for your uh, humor, I guess. You can make fun of me. That's all good. I enjoy that. <laughs> make fun of myself a lot, so that's all good. Um, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Mr. Nathaniel and his journey for um, kind of calling and what God has for him and missions and all that stuff. And so we're really excited to hear what God's going to do through him going to uh, Central Asia. And so please keep him in your prayers, his family in your prayers, um, Amber and the kids. And again, if you have questions or comments that you'd like to ask us, put those in the comments below. I'd love to hear about it, whether you're on YouTube or Podbean. Google Play or iTunes. Thanks for listening. I want to ask one favor if you guys could uh, send this out, get the word out for me. I'd appreciate it. It'd be awesome if you would do that. Um, I'm satisfied with uh, it's totally cool to even have one person listening, but please uh, just send it out, friends and family. Email out the link to uh, your favorite episode. There's only been two so far, or if this one is your favorite. So today uh, I wanted to continue the conversation on, um, I brought up last week about forgiveness had a couple of questions that people brought up about that. And so really glad to talk about that a little bit of today is going to be a little bit of rambling. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. Um, sometimes my rambling can be annoying or sometimes it can be gold. So we're just going to kind of see what comes out, but I've been intrigued over the last five or six years of this conversation of forgiveness. A couple of reasons why one is for those of you that don't know my story. Um, I grew up in a pretty abusive home. Um, both my parents were drug addicts, alcoholics, verbally, physically abusive. Um, and me being the oldest of five caught a lot of brunt of that and had to deal with that. And that's just the reality of it. And that's just the way that it was. And so, um, there were some things that took place that required forgiveness to both of my parents. I didn't walk through a long road of forgiveness with my mom because she passed away when I was 21 and didn't really get a chance for that. Um, but have since walked through that also learned more about her and, um, things like that. And so, um, it's been good, but also had to walk through a lot of that with my dad. Um, he is still alive. We rarely talk, um, we'll talk more about that here in a minute of that journey, but there were some pretty harsh things that happened, um, through all of that. And so, um, I've been intrigued by that, but also what's got me is been doing some studying and reading, um, listening to some other podcasts or sermons like, uh, Rob Bell has great takes on this, um, with one of his books and, uh, videos called drops like stars. And the end, um, talks about the story of the prodigal son and love his take on it. Um, I'll also love, uh, Timothy Keller's book about the prodigal son and all those things. So there's been some really interesting things. Andy Stanley has a great take on it as well. Check those out. Um, may put some links in here for some of those too, if you guys are interested, but, um, the, the story of the prodigal son and where you have two sons and it's actually from, uh, the book of Luke where Jesus is telling, uh, Luke 15, where Jesus is telling the story of the parable. And you have this idea of there's this, this dad who has two sons and one of the, the younger son comes to him and says, dad, I want everything. I want my inheritance now. Give it to me now. I want it now. And in that time, basically you were, you were basically saying that you wished your father was dead. And that's pretty, pretty hardcore to go say, Hey dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance now. And that kind of, 
um, that was the son telling the dad that he was a disgrace. He didn't love him. He was more valuable to him dead. Pretty harsh words. And then you have the son that basically, though, also kind of puts him on the outside of his family, outside looking in. And he's okay with that because now he has money, he has inheritance, and he can go live his life and make his own choices and do what he wants and nobody tell him what to do and all those things. Cool, right? Okay, great. So dad says okay, gives him an inheritance, and the younger son goes off and parties, goes crazy, wastes all the money, lives completely of the world, if you know what I'm saying. And then at some point ends up broke broken, poor, sad, lonely, and the only job that he can get is to try to, um, actually I don't think he ends up with a job. He, uh, he, he, he wants a job, but he ends up in a, in a pig pen in the mud with the pigs. And he looks over and is like, even my sir, I mean, he, all he has to eat is, is the pig, um, the pig food that's in the trough. And, he said, man, even my dad's servants eat better than me. And then he's like, I, I should go home, but I don't want to go home. I'm embarrassed. And so, um, and he's ashamed for what he's, the choices he's made with the inheritance and also the choice that he made to his dad. And then you have the older, um, the older son in the story, um, as the, the, the younger brother comes back, the younger son comes back and he, Um, and the dad welcomes him back. You have the older brother like get super confused and get angry and mad at his dad questions, his dad's decision to let him come, let his brother come back. And then the dad and the reaction to the older, his oldest says, Hey, I would have given you anything. You never, you never asked. And then when the younger son comes back, uh, he looks at his dad. He's like, yeah, if I could just be a servant in your home, um, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. The dad welcomes him back. And it's great. It's again, Luke 15, 11 through 32. I think it is. Um, check it out. But I'm intrigued and we'll talk a little bit more in detail about the story. One of the things that gets me about the story is, um, the, the dad, the dad has to walk through forgiveness with his son. And I love, and again, I'm not going to say, I can't, like, it's all these people, um, Andy Stanley, Tim Keller, and all these other things that I've read and listened to about this, they they break this down. So some of this is my breaking down, some of this is just because I've read all this and they're breaking it down, is the dad, he walks through this process of forgiveness with his son because he welcomes the son back. And here's what, what gets me intrigued by this is... I, I, I tend to believe, mostly believe, (laughs) I say mostly because I can be proven wrong. I mostly believe that we have forgiveness and reconciliation and they're two different things. Now they kind of like handshake, but they're two different and forgiveness is completely with you. It's about you. It's for you. It's to free you of anything, right? Like you're, you're, you're freeing you of the grievance that the person did to you, but you're also freeing that person. Um, and you're saying you don't owe me anything that you don't, you don't, you don't owe me anything in that, but where does, but then you have reconciliation and reconciliation is the relationship being, um, mended and healed and the relationship gets back to where it was or even better because of forgiveness. And so 
I've kind of lived in this. There's forgiveness and then there's reconciliation. And you, you, you need to forgive. The Bible says forgive, but then like, it doesn't say anything about reconciliation. <laughs> so that's where I've lived for a long time in the story of the prodigal son, because my, my thing with forgiveness is like he, he forgave him before the, before the brother, before the son came back because he was looking down the road. He was looking down the drive for his son, hoping he would come back. It says he was looking down the road and his son, he saw his son and he went running. Well, why do you go running if you're still mad, right? Like, why do you go running if you haven't forgiven? And why do you meet him at the gate if you haven't forgiven? You don't. The son comes back and the dad hears him and then gives him his ring and gives him his robe and says, you are mine. It's like you never left. I'm giving, you know, I'm giving your back in just great graces and everything. And for us, the God is the, the dad figure in this. And so when Jesus died on the cross, we were forgiven. Now I accept the forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness, accept the grace. And then all of a sudden at that point, the relationship of reconciliation occurs and I am reconciled into my relationship with God because of the forgiveness. But what's getting me right now is in a part of my journey on it is the question I'm forgiven before I accept it. When Jesus died on the cross, I am forgiven before I accept it. Just let that sit for a second while I take a drink of coffee. (laughs) So I'm kind of, that is mind boggling to me because that means even if I didn't accept the forgiveness and ask for forgiveness so that Jesus or so that God and I can be reconciled so I can be reconciled unto my creator, I'm still forgiven. So does that mean, I, I think, again, I think this is, this is, I'm, this is a working, a work in progress for me. So therefore is everyone forgiven? It's a matter of accepting it and walking in it and asking for forgiveness to be then reconciled unto that. Again, work in progress, major, major people are smarter than I am to help me figure this out. But let's talk about where this comes into play for me. So with my dad, so for a long time with my dad, I have lived in, I forgive him. I'm not reconciled to him. Like I don't hold any bitterness or any anger towards him. I don't harbor any ill will towards him. I hope that he is well, but we're just not, I don't want to say not compatible, but we're just not. It's not like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Let's go fishing. You know, um, it just, it's just, there's just not, there's, um, we're just different people, like, and not even from the past. We're different people now. And, but there's still the desire. He's my dad. There's something hardwired in us with our parents that we want to impress them. We want to, um, there's a desire in my DNA for my dad to be proud of me, for my earthly father to uplift me, for me to show things off to him. Hey dad, check this out. Like that's hardwired no matter what. And so there's a little bit of a struggle in that with the reconciliation and those things still existing in me. And so I've lived pretty hard in the idea that we're not reconciled, but I've forgiven. And, um, okay. (laughs) Right. And move on. We're done. Like if I'm forgiving him, I I do love him. I do care for him. If I, he's had terrible health issues. And so if I hear that he's in the hospital, I call like the moment I hear, Hey, how are you doing? I'll talk to him. You know, those sort of things. Um, but a few years ago, there was still this thing of, 
I don't know if it's for reconciliation or forgiveness, but it's something that lived there of me wanting to go. Why? Why did these things happen? Why did you make these choices? You know, all those things, because I know, I believe to my core at some point, he, it was like, I was his little buddy. I was, you know, yay. And all that. And at some point, you know, my dad's a broken person. He, he, he did not have the the easiest upbringing either. And, um, I know he's parenting out of his brokenness and, and trying to love out of, um, his past, I guess is I'm trying to be respectful and honoring him and not, and not bash him, you know, as I say this. And so I know that too. So their grace is there, but there were still things. And so, um, I, I took him to lunch one time, picked him up, took him to lunch to then like, I know that I've forgiven you, but I need to like, we need to talk. I need to hear some things. I need to say some things. And so we talked and it, and it ended up kind of leaving very empty. It left me very empty. It didn't move the needle one way or the other. Um, it actually left me. I remember getting the car into the car after, and I didn't know why, but I just started crying. Um, I'm 37. I was 36 at the time. I started crying, felt satisfied, but unsatisfied. And I remember calling my wife after and I said, I said, honey, like it didn't move me. Like it was, it was just, bleh. it was irrelevant. But then at the same time, I told her that something inside of me was very moved and it was weird. It was just really weird feeling. It was almost like a, like a, a bipolar emotion feeling. And I couldn't figure it out. And so, um, after talking to some people, some other people and talking to her, it, it came to discovery that for the 37 year old in me, 36 year old, I didn't do anything. But for the nine-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 11-year-old, I got, there was some satisfaction. There was some answers. There was some healing that went in there. And that little Cody that was in there needed to hear some of those things. And that was the part, like, like I've never, I've never cried so hard and not felt any emotion. It was really strange. And, and so there was like some answers and some, some healing and some processes that were going on for the still broken me that was there. So now I'm still trying to filter through that. Then a couple about a month ago, we're at a pastor's advance it's a retreat, but we call it advance. Um, that then we're we're doing our own quiet time that that my pastor is leading us through, and he's like, okay, you know, read this, read this, read this, pray over this, pray over this, pray over this, uh, watch watch this podcast or listen to this podcast, and then you know, pray over this and this. And so we we go about our, our separate ways, and all of a sudden, there'd been some more grievances and 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 things that I had felt wronged in, and and that I needed to offer forgiveness, and I was still living in the world of. Um, I've given you forgiveness, but there's no way on God's green earth I'm reconciling unto you until you acknowledge, you say I'm sorry, and then we can find you know a ground to move on, and we can talk about that. And I lived in that, and and I was steadfast in that because you, I forgive you, but you are there's boundaries, man. There's boundaries, and so I was steadfast in that. Now Satan did an amazing job of convincing me I was right, but yet I was still being controlled and dictated by the hurt 
that that person had over me. For example, my attitude. Man, did I need a attitude adjustment when it came to that person in certain situations. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. I, I was I was like, I forgive you, but I'm not talking to you. I'm not giving you the right <laughs> to, to talk to you. You know, I'm hurt to talk to me. You know, like I'm not going to acknowledge anything you say. You enter the room, I'm not going to talk to you. Um, because the person heard me, right? Like I forgive you, but, but there's still, there's a wall. I forgive you, but there's a wall. There's a, because, because there's a, like I said, I lived in the difference of forgiveness. I can forgive you. You're free, but we're not reconciling and we're not reconciling. So you, you acknowledge and do these things and say, you're sorry. And they're not reconciling. I'm open to it. But until then stone cold wall. And I, I thought these were like really healthy boundaries. Um, I thought that I was protecting myself from someone who had, had hurt me repeatedly. And, um, but, but I wasn't, what I was doing was still giving them power over my forgiveness. I was still holding those grievances from them, um, or, or against them, not from them, but against them. To where there was no opportunity for reconciliation, and 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 the the issue that I think is I was kind of drinking the poison and not allowing reconciliation. Like even if the person doesn't come back, it should be easy. So let's take go back to Luke and the story of the son. the dad didn't have a guard at the gate keeping the son away. He didn't say, if that boy ever walks back here, you don't let him in. Right? Or if it's this day and age, he, he did, <laughs> did he bash him on Facebook? Did he bash him on Twitter to where it was difficult for the son to come back? He didn't. The gate wasn't locked. He didn't change the lock on the gate where the son couldn't come down the drive. So it was easy for reconciliation to happen, right? Forgiveness should drive the ease of reconciliation. And I wasn't doing that. My attitude was leading me towards making it difficult for reconciliation. So if I'm making it difficult for reconciliation because of my attitude, my emotions, my actions, have I actually forgiven? That would be my question. I don't know what, if there's a, like a hard nosed answer for that, but that's my filter question for me. If I'm making it difficult for reconciliation, I don't, I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't think I've actually forgiven. And I didn't, I didn't realize that for the longest time. Now that doesn't mean reconciliation will happen. It means the potential for it is there. And that's true forgiveness. So let's, a little bit about forgiveness. Um, I'm an emotionally led person. Right? That's at the top of my filter is emotion. I hear everything, read everything, think everything through emotion. And that's from what I'm gathering, that's normal. There's 40% of the population is that way. And 60% of the population is, is a, is a thinker filter. That's at the top, the top of their stack. And so, um, so you have thinkers and an emotional people. Um, and so again, this is what I'm learning. Doesn't mean it's hardcore fact, but this is where I'm at. I think I'm learning. And so I just filter everything through everything through emotion. So when it comes to forgiveness, I have to feel forgiveness. I have to have the emotion of forgiveness. Do I feel like I've forgiven you? 
do I feel like I'm over it? Right? Not just I make the choice and therefore I'm over it. And so forgiveness, unfortunately for me, is a choice. And so I have to learn to live in the choice and the thinking part. I like the, the head knowledge and choice of, I forgive you not the emotion of, I forgive you. Um, because the emotion comes after in this one, right? The emotion just happens to come after. And so where, what I'm learning is that we're both health, we're healthy. If we have both, like if both of them are kind of, you know, towards the, the top of the stack of the filter that we go, we filter things through. And so, um, neither one is right or wrong. Neither one is better or worse, but there's just different things that because you're more of, you know, forgiveness is a little bit more difficult on, you know, on the emotional, uh, top people because of emotion is a choice. And there's, there's other things that are the opposite. And so this is just one of those things. So for me, um, I have to learn to live in the choice of the, of forgiveness, not in the emotion of forgiveness. If I live in the emotion of forgiveness too much, I'm saying emotion, emotion, emotion. If I live in the emotion of forgiveness too much, then things can change my emotions about it. The way you look at me, the way you talk to me, what kind of tone did you just have? If I live in the emotion of forgiveness, things that affect me emotionally can change if I've forgiven you. And that's not healthy. It's not true. It's not beneficial to either party. And so how, so I need to live more in the, in the choice of forgiveness and have that dictate my emotions. So when something comes up, I've forgiven you. Great. I'm choosing to forgive you every day. I'm choosing to forgive you. I'm choosing that when you walk in the room to acknowledge you as a human, to say hi, to care about you, um, to still, to not rob you of your humanity and existence because my emotions dictate if I've forgiven you or not. Right now that seemed a little crazy with the idea of like, but boundaries. Yes, I get that. I, I totally get that. Um, and I think boundaries are healthy. Boundaries are good for me, this is strictly me. So some of you are like, yeah, duh, get this. Well, good for you. I'm still learning it. Um, I'm, you know, still a work in progress. So, um, I still have boundaries. I can still have boundaries and not rob you of your humanity and who God's created you to be and acknowledge that. And I, and I wasn't doing that. I was, I was, I was robbing, um, one or two people of, of their humanity and dignity and the fact that they existed because I didn't want to reconcile until they moved till you say you're sorry, then I'll reconcile. And so I was making reconcile reconciliation incredibly difficult. It was not easy. And so that I, I look at this, the dad in the story in Luke and I say, man, it was easy for the son to come back. The gates weren't locked. There wasn't a guard. He, he, he was looking for him. He was looking for reconciliation and this is very aggravating because that means if I've truly forgiven reconciliation might not happen, but am I looking for it? Am I looking for it? The dad was looking for it because he had truly forgiven and it may not happen. You still have to have the boundaries. I think boundaries are healthy, especially if you have a repeated offender who's repeatedly hurt you and wounded you. You got you to gotta figure out what those boundaries are and how to navigate that, which cannot be the easiest thing. And so, um, like I said, for me, I, 
I'm struggling through this. I feel like I'm learning. So what I did was I, I kind of had to say, well, crud, <laughs> you know, crud. God's saying you, unfortunately, sorry, buddy, you haven't forgiven your attitude, your openness to reconciliation, right? Is it there? And I had to say no. And the problem was the poison that I was drinking and that I, and, 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 and where I thought I wasn't drinking this poison was the fact that I was carrying that attitude and, and, and oozing it and, and projecting it on other relationships. I was making other people uncomfortable because of what I quote unquote thought was boundaries and they were in the wrong place and I hadn't truly forgiven. And so other people around me are uncomfortable. I'm oozing that I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm not great at hiding my facial expressions. Um, I'd probably be a terrible poker player. Like I'm not great at hiding that I'm feeling something or that something affects me probably cause I'm an animated person who has emotions at the top of the stack. And those aren't, those aren't unhealthy. You just need to know that of myself and that helps me function in a healthy way. And so I was damaging actually relationships around me accidentally, especially when it was a a group of people that were together and and maybe that other person was there and making it tense for them. How do they act? How do they treat me? All those things. And, and so, um, I think that's really important for us to kind of acknowledge and see that's how, um, we handle some of those things right? That's how, I don't know how to say this. That is how, that is how we can betray ourselves. Like we we can't hide that stuff very well. And I think that's kind of good. I think God like gave it to something that we, we tend to believe that we're hiding things really well and we're kind of not. Um, and so You know, one of the comments was, how do you, how did I learn to forgive? And I think where I'm living right now is trying to stay in the choice of forgiveness. So I wake up every day. I pray, God, let me choose to forgive and let my, let my choice drive my actions. God, let my choice drive my emotions God, let, let my choice to forgive. I choose to forgive, you know, this day I choose to forgive. Um, and let that dictate my attitude. Let that dictate everything that I, of how I carry myself. Um, especially when it comes to that person who has wounded me or who has hurt me. Now, again, I don't think that that means you're going to have like this slow motion running each other you know, run towards each other, hug at the beach. My dad and I don't have that. Like, like we don't, we don't have that. Um, yay. You know, and here's the hug and all those things. But what we do have is that if he calls, which is rare, um, very rare. If he calls, I'm not like, Oh dear goodness. Why? You know, I'm like, Oh, it's my dad. I wonder what's going on. All right. Um, Cause I'm choosing to forgive. I'm not living in the emotions of, of it. If he, um, if I do hear like he's in the hospital, I'm not, I'm not like, God, why is he there? Then he's terrible health. He makes terrible health choices. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm like, Oh, I hope he's okay. And I call him. Hey, how are you? And sometimes our conversations are really short or like, Hey, you know, what the doctor say? How you doing? How you feeling about it? Okay. All right. Just checking on you. Bye. 
Um, and, and like I've, I've struggled with sometimes he'll say, I love you when we go to the phone. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not saying it because that's reconciliation and to a point where I'm not ready for that. Um, and I think that's okay. And sometimes I do. I'm like, yeah, love you too. Um, I do, I do love him as a human being and care for him. Do we have a loving relationship? No, not at all. And so I think that that's, you, you can kind of live in that. Right. And, and so here's what, um, how do you get to the point of forgiveness? Right. Which was the kind of the main question and part of the journey for me, for me, um, one of the things that, that helps with this was I had a, a, a counselor a few years ago, talk to me about this. He said that, um, gave this analogy of forgiveness is and boundaries are kind of like building a plexiglass or glass, um, box for you to live in. And you, 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 there's a drawbridge on it and cause there's a moat around it and you, ha- you are the only one that can dictate when, how much, how often that drawbridge opens and closes. Now you don't want to build walls. She was unforgiveness is building brick walls that you can't he- hear, see, or touch someone on the other side, but the plexiglass house, you can see them. There's, there, forgiveness allows you to see them and sometimes hear them. It allows you to open that drawbridge a little bit, a little bit to hear them and see them not through the glass. You can open it a little bit more. So there's a little bit more of a visual and they're a little bit louder and you can interact with them a little bit, but you're the one that gets to dictate when it opens, how it opens, if it opens all the way and they get to get to come in and cross the moat or not. My issue was that I thought it was a plexiglass house but really what it was, was I had brick, some walls that were brick and that was causing a, still a little bit of frustration, anger, bitterness, um, devaluation of the other person as a human. And I think that's, that's, what's hard too, is that you, if you, if someone hurts you, you, one of the ways to help you feel better is you devalue them. You devalue them and you dehumanize them. And when you dehumanize them or devalue them, there's no chance for reconciliation. But one of the reasons I think, I think we do that is because what happens is we minute, when we devalue them and dehumanize them, it, it takes the power away from them and what comes across doesn't hurt as bad, right? Like if I can devalue you and dehumanize you and say, well, you're, you know, you hurt me, but you're just trash. So it doesn't matter. Then that makes the wound less. We think when we, when we devalue them and dehumanize them though, that there, there ends up being no chance for reconciliation or it doesn't make it easy. And that's not true forgiveness. So, so like, like God made it easy for reconciliation by Jesus dying on the cross. Clearly reconciliation is easy with God. Like the fact that all I have to do is in my heart say, yeah, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you accept me back? And then it's done. And then reconciliation is just done. That's easy. Now he's God. And so he can get there quicker than I can. Um, but I think we have to, to not dehumanize people, not devalue them, even though they've hurt us, acknowledge the true hurt of what's going on and do what we can with boundaries to make reconciliation easy. Now, do they come back down the driveway? Do they apologize? Do they own, right? Like that, I think that's part of reconciliation and it gets really muddy, right? And, and, and again, this is something that's a work in progress for me. And so 
so I do think that I have a new kind of view on forgiveness. I do think that I'm, I, I'm, this is actually helping me be quicker, quick to forgive, to be slow to anger about it. It actually has given me the ability to be quicker to forgive myself and, and like go, um, like, you know, if my wife, she's like, Hey, if she says like, Hey, you hurt my feelings on this, I'm like, Oh, quick to forgive my bad. Right. I'm, I'm not going, Oh, I hurt someone. So I'm devalued. Ooh, I wonder if that's a good point. I just thought of that. If, if our forgiveness, if how we get past hurts this is a great question. I just thought this, if how we get past hurts and, and try to forgive is by devaluing or dehumanizing someone. When I hurt someone, do I feel devalued as well? I don't know. Ooh, I'm going to ask Dr. Ed that. That's a, such a great question. Because I've, I've had a tendency to, when I, you know, if I hurt my wife's feelings to just feel super crummy and devalue myself instead of just being quick to own it and quick to forgive myself and quick to apologize and quick to move on. That's a really great thing. Because I'm, I'm learning like, like the, recently in the, in the last few days, I've, I accidentally hurt my wife's feelings and she's like, Hey, I, you know, you hurt my feelings. And I was like, Oh my bad. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. But I didn't like feel owned by that. Like I, I didn't feel like that. Ooh, all of a sudden that hurt that I caused is my identity. Right? I was just like, Oh, I'm yeah, I can see how that did. Did not mean to. I'm sorry. Let's make it right. And we move on. And that's, you know, I haven't had, sometimes that's rare. Sometimes I make excuses or because I feel devalued or, or dehumanized when I hurt her or I hurt someone. And I wonder if that's a root because that's, I think if I dehumanize or devalue someone, it's easier to get past the hurt when it's in, when they've hurt me. I don't know. Leave, please leave comments, leave questions. Let's keep this dialogue going. Um, as, as we move forward in, in, in this, I'd love to hear what you guys think. If you guys think I'm totally off base, please, my feelings are, are, are not going to get hurt. Say that if you think that I'm just ridiculous and this was the worst podcast ever and I'm rambling, then don't say that. <laughs> Maybe when I get to like episode 10, you can start saying things like that. No, but no, seriously, email me, um, at gmail.com. Appreciate it. I hope that you guys have a super, super blessed week or whenever it is that you're listening to this. Um, it's been fun. It's been real. God bless. Clock out.